Welcome back. This is AT, and you are currently listening to Humans and the Race. As always, if you would like to reach out and have a conversation, you can, you can reach me on Instagram at AT3 underscore or Twitter on the underscore rise three. For this segment, we are talking about space tourism and space exploration, the top competitors, who was in the game, and what it could look like for us in the future. As always, if you like the content, please share, please follow, anything helps, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. So... I was watching a YouTube video yesterday, and the YouTube video had the caption, The Race to Space, or something along the lines of that stature. And the video was essentially talking about companies, private companies, that are starting to invest in the space field of the market, which essentially you have Blue Origin, who's Amazon, Jeff Bezos, you have Tesla, which is SpaceX, and Elon Musk, and then you have Virgin Galactic, which honestly... Is kind of a sick name, if you ask me. Virgin Galactic goes crazy. And their spaceship is actually pretty good looking. Now, mind you, every one of these companies' goal for the space market is for the space exploration of human society. And then I'm pretty sure Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin is also being used for space exploration purposes. But then Virgin Galactic isn't being used for space exploration. It's just entering into the space tourism aspect of space exploration because there's a huge market for it because people want to go to space and they want to see what it looks like in space from the earth. And so I made a Twitter poll and I captioned it space tourism. Yes or no? Dropped it yesterday because I wanted to talk about it. And I got 63% yes, 37% no. 19 votes. That's a large majority. That's that's pretty good for understanding 
the statistics behind what space tourism looks like amongst the public kind of backs some of the theory with where these companies are going with their business ventures. Especially Virgin Galactic. Virgin Galactic are looking at people that say yes. And pricing them at some point of revenue. And some of those people that are saying yes can pay millions or hundreds of thousands of dollars to invest in space tourism. And I think it's pretty cool. Because there are so many millionaires in the world that it really doesn't take away from benefits of saving this earth as much as we think it does. Because you still have thousands and hundreds of companies, not only like individual billionaires and millionaires, but companies as well that are committing to fixing our environment. And it starts with private companies. Like the government, nah, 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 you know, nah, whatever. They're moving at their own fucking pace. Niggas are slow as hell. But private companies, they're changing at a rapid pace. And actually, I take that back because the government has made certain laws that put pressure on companies to change their models based on climate change and how they're going to commit to reversing climate change. And those laws are pretty heavy. And also, they gave them great benefits for for committing to climate change. Shout out Netflix. They're pledged to go carbon negative, net negative. That's dope. Even though your servers are horrible. Anyways, back to what I was saying. So you have these millionaires and billionaires fueling this race of space or space tourism. And it's pretty cool. I mean, because at the same time, it's like air travel today. Like, air travel is pretty affordable based on how often you want to travel. So if you want to travel to a, a nice place every two months, you're saving tw- 25 to $3,000. You, the people that like to travel, are saving $2,500, $3,000. And that's just for the flight sometimes. Then you got to tack on expenses, food, rainy day funds, depending on how long you're going to stay out there for, money to convert to the dollar in that country that you're in. That's a lot of money. And space tourism is probably going to be around the same thing. You save up. It might cost you a year of saving instead of 
three months or four months of saving, but it's still feasible. It's it's not not an option. And people should kind of be excited for that, you know? Because, like, not only are Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic and SpaceX creating a form of different transportation, but it's opening up our world to something new. That we've never even experienced before. And it makes us unique to how we operate as humans. And it's and it's kind of time. We need some exciting, we need some we need some vigorous activity in our lives. Could you imagine? Like flying on planes, like, yes, it's so cool. But could you imagine? Like, first of all, this this is my feat with planes too. It's like, bro. You have a plane, and then there's three seats to a row, and there's only this little small window to the row that only one person can see out of. Like, airplanes literally cheat you when it comes to the view that you can see while flying in the air. Like, sometimes the views that you get going across certain topographies is actual, absolutely beautiful, especially on the Pacific Northwest. Flying through Oregon, California, Las Vegas, damn it, Utah, Colorado. All those states are pretty curvature when it comes to mountains. And it looks beautiful. And so to not even be able and understand and experience that true image of flying an airplane, we now have the opportunity to fly a spacecraft and take a glimpse at the Earth from space. Could you imagine looking at the Earth from space? And the, and the way Elon Musk wants to do it is like low Earth orbit travel and essentially set up hop stations around the globe to travel using low Earth orbit and these giant rocket ships that he's creating. That is pretty amazing. But that is not his end goal. You know, that he, he didn't enter that sector just to do that he entered that sector to make a spacecraft that can carry large amounts of cargo and humans one day to mars that was the goal it wasn't to monopolize the space tourism and space market industry and that and that's what separates elon musk from the other two competitors that are in this space which are Jeff Bezos and Virgin Galactic CEO, who I never remember the name of. And I've heard it way too many times. But yeah, I mean, and it's just exciting, you know? It's, it's just something that 
you don't hear about every day. And 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 if you grew up on sci-fi or just like some thought that makes you wonder like, oh, what is this actually like? And now we're seeing it happen in our life. Now, did we write this own story? Kinda. Like, kinda. What are what are movies? Like, let's let's think about what movies are. Like, they're literally someone thinks about this movie in their brain, and then they're like, I have an idea and I need to express it, and I want to express it on the big screens. And they write out the scripts and they write out the scenes and they write out what exactly they want. Like, look at Lucas Films. Like, that nigga's crazy, man. That nigga's brain goes stupid. Like, what the fuck type of drugs was he on when he was like, I'm going to create a Yoda and then a Wookiee? What the fuck? But it worked. And the type of cool shit that he integrated, like galaxies and space travel through hyperspeed or hyperloops or large jumps through space, whatever whatever he was trying to depict, it was something that was still being studied when he was creating it, you know? Like, we didn't think about space out of nowhere. Like, it was something that people already understood a glimpse of. And when you see these sci-fi movies that have been created, it's because they're visionaries in what has some scientific truth to it. Literally. Like, I took a class about this. It was actually pretty cool. And they they even talk about, like, certain ways that people of color are depicted in science fiction and how if they're aliens, that could be a representation of people of color versus the white people. Like, it was, it was, it was kind of crazy. But, like, you know, it's still cool to hear about sci-fi movies and... I just watched the sci-fi movie. I've been watching some old sci-fi movies. I watched Lucy the other day, and then I watched Serenity the other day. If anyone is interested in science fiction, Serenity is a very good movie. I fell asleep on it, but (laughs) it's a pretty good movie. And it's just like that, but to that point, it's like one of them was in 2014, and then... I think one of them was in, like, 1995, like, 1998, 2000s. It was definitely an old movie. And they still had all the same principles as we're seeing in today. Earth has become too inhabitable. And now we have to escape. And amongst the stars, there are, there are, there are separate beings that live. And there's an intergalactic council. And the council went to war with the the non-galactic council. Like, crazy shit, you know? And it's like, that that's the plot of it. And people are seeing this in 1994, 2000. And it's kind of some of the stuff that's happening today. And you know what's always prevalent in those movies are guns. 
And honestly, if anyone's seen the, the I can't think of that one sci-fi movie, but it's it's with a the world freezes to the world goes into another ice age, and there's just this train that runs around the entire earth and under like two or three days or something. And it's this rich person who's like the conductor and then like there's those status of people and then they have just dirt poor, like low back of the train next to the coal, like the engine, the fuel place, like they live back there, they're poor, they're dirty, they're disgusting. And the whole thing about it is that they didn't have any guns. They were out of ammunition. So they rebelled. And they rebelled and they rebelled. And then they were like, we don't have any guns. Like, that's ridiculous. And they pulled up with guns. And it was like all hell broke loose. And to that point, it's like, They've been talking about, that was in like 2018, like 2019. But there's guns that are always prevalent in, in space. Like, or, or not even in space, but just like in an in a end of the world, like disaster scenario, there's guns that are used against people. Like, you would think if the end of the world is there, we would just want to live, right? Why does it matter if you're fucking rich or poor? We're just here to survive. It could be my last day tomorrow. Like, what? And that shit happens now. And I don't know. I just I just want people to see the good and the benefits of space tourism and where it rooted from. Because it, it, it rooted from scientific theory and it rooted from sci-fi movies, TV shows. Anything that triggered curiosity amongst the stars, that's where it originated from. And now we're starting to see it in those very, very successful people that that's who they were as kids. Or if they're not, they now are because it still holds a kid-like awe to it. It's space. Like, there's so much you could possibly know and I get it, there's so much we could possibly know here on Earth too that we believe, we think, we don't possess, but I'd say We've been studying our Earth for a very long time. 
I'd say that we know what we want to know about Earth in relation to our existence. What we don't know is this Anthropocene era that we have put ourselves through. And it's still changing to this day. It's kind of it's kind of odd because I saw a research paper that said that there might be other alien-like civilizations that put their Earth through Anthropocene eras. And I was like, well, that's a bold statement. We don't even know if life exists, yet just because the of the assumption of life, we're creating a possibility and a probability that if there is Earth, if there is water, if there is a planet that is somewhat similar to ours, that that form of Earth still goes through an Anthropocene era, which is rapid changes and growth within our environment and climate that really isn't controlled. And that's kind of interesting take because it's like, well, is that because there's alien life or just is that how an Earth operates? And of course, right now, from our stance, we know that Earths don't operate like that. We have actually put ourselves in one. And we're trying to reverse it. God damn, gotta love the human race, man. It's always, I know what I'm doing until actually what I've been doing this entire time was wrong. That's what our society says. But we're trying to fix it. So I believe in the I believe in the fight. Because at the end of the day, we definitely may have shortened our existence on this planet because of this era. But it is exciting to see the younger generations invest more of their energy into what a sustainable renewable environment and earth could look like. But also it's scary too because technology plays an important factor in what our earth looks like and the younger generations all they know is technology. Like, these are the techno baby boomers. Like, these kids, they know how to operate technology. Their brains are definitely programmable, which is definitely a little concerning, depending on what they're being programmed to. I mean, I have a nephew that grew up on just iPad, which 
isn't a cell phone, but that form of technology is still forming or operating because of a baby's data and what they want to see. And then it introduces them to certain things on the internet or on YouTube or through advertisements by games that they play. And it's it's kind of scary. Because then they start getting addicted to that. Or they pick up on the words that they say. Little babies. Just saying Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. Now it's going crazy. Like, for example, I was doing a voiceover the other day for a university. And it was an online university. It was, like, super cool. Um, And today, I'm on Instagram, and I see an ad for FinTech Online University, which is the same university that I was speaking about while trying to do this voiceover. Like, the son of a bitch is listening. And their listening skills are superb. But yet Siri can't do shit for us. Like if you're going to make devices where you could just listen to us to where we want certain advertisements then can you at least fix Siri make her some form of digital assistant at least let her hold a conversation what's the point of having all these different accents and voices if we can't even hear them so to that degree is if you don't or you're not updated with technology, you need to do so right now. Because it is not slowing down. I read something, and it stated along the lines that the growth that technology has had over the years is exponentially larger than the growth 
of the human population. And that says something. Dude, I mean, I post those videos all day from Digital Trends. Robot this, robot that, robot this, robot that, AI, AI this, AI that, VR this, VR that, like, AR, like, augmented reality, like, contact lens can be able to see, like, boom, boom, boom. Like, I post all that shit to make people aware that this is the stuff that's being created today. Like, look at what's being created today. Like, it's only going up from here. I saw a commercial the other day about robotic security aimed for the wealthy, proud American. Could you imagine? Now, what if that robot is defective and you're just out on your property one day and it thinks that you're a threat? Is it going to kill you? Also, all the technology that the military has, man, come on, grow up. Like, they have so much AI, robotic defenses, like... I love it, I guess. I mean, China's over there literally building robots that you can control. And these robots are like 15 feet <laughs> tall that have like rotatable arms and fingers and, and, and soon will be able to walk. And they can just sit in a chair, command chair, and control this robot. What's the take on that? Are they on to something? Or is it still lacking innovation and autonomy? Or do they have ethics where they don't trust autonomy? All of these are questions that people are starting to think about as well in today's society and actually having to answer them because there are going to have like when I read something about on Uber facts about we're still one of the only countries to use our like laws and regulations from the 18th century like evolution is about to force those regulations and laws hand like, these private companies are not with it. And they don't care. And they're like, I'm going to follow rules and regulations as well as I can. But what I'm no longer going to do is let the government control what society can entail. And that's one of the freedoms of America. If you were to go somewhere else, 
You couldn't do that shit, man. Actually, maybe Europe. Or... Germany? Nah. Russia? Nah. Maybe. Maybe. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, you know? It's... It's really... It's really important to note that changes are going to be made whether someone likes it or not. And that goes back to the entire space tourism. Is that either you like it or not, it's still going to happen. And it's not going to slow down. And because the technology and the materials are affordable... And reusable, shout out Elon Musk, reusable, that is essential in space exploration, then it's not slowing down. So I suggest for all my travelers out there, you better start saving up now because you are the same ones that are complaining about space tourism. But if you can travel to Dubai or Europe or Spain or Germany or Russia or any remote island that you probably can't even pronounce, then you can definitely take a trip to space. And if you don't want to, then stop complaining and keep taking your trips on land. But some people want to go see the stars. And by that poll today, apparently a lot of the people wanted to go see the stars. So goodbye. Good night. And for all my sci-fi space travelers out there, keep dreaming. Because dreams turn into reality.